FC Pinsgau were away at high-flying Austria Salzburg on match day 11 of the regional league season. Tom and Leah here to look back on the action as Pinsgau attempted to close in on the top two. Welcome to the FCPS show. My name's Tom Midler and Lee Wingate is here as well. We're here to review the action from match day 11, as it's called in inverted commas. It was actually the 10th game of the season for FC Pinskau away at Austria Salzburg, for whom it was the ninth match of the season. Uh, the second game between these two sides. And unfortunately, it was the second defeat for FC Pinskau. Austria Salzburg coming out on top once again. It was a very different story from the game in Saalfelden. This time it was a 2-1 victory for Austria Salzburg and a long-range strike from Melvis Memich, sealing the deal late on for the home side. But uh, were there some positives to take, Lee, despite the defeat uh, in the nature of Pinskau's performance? I think so. I feel like in the reverse fixture between these two teams in, in mid-August, that there was a, a bit of a gulf between the sides in terms of quality. I felt that that day Austria Salzburg ran out very, very clear winners and were well worthy of the three points. I feel like perhaps yesterday, or I mean, at the time of recording yesterday, we're, we're, we're chatting on Sunday, that, that you know, Pinsgau played very well for large parts of that game and were perhaps a bit unlucky. I think you could say in the final third of the game, Austria Salzburg sort of worked their way into the ascendancy. But, but ultimately, there were lots of positives to take in terms of the performance. And I think Mr. Zieger felt that as well. You could tell in his post-match comments, he said he's very proud of the lads. And unfortunately, the result wasn't right. But, but lots of positives to take nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, to move things away from doing it chronologically, if we look at the end of the game first, one thing that really stood out to me was how the game changed when Austria Salzburg hit the front. They were behind in the game. They equalised. That was all in the first half. And then in the second half... Uh, there was a lot less action and then Memic scored a really nice long-range goal. He's got to be given credit for that, shrugged off a few attackers. Something we've had problems with before when you look back at the Bischofshofen game as well, the kind of long-range goal that equalised for Bischofshofen. You might think somebody should have taken a yellow card, somebody should have stamped that out and just, just stopped the Austria Salzburg player going through. And that happened again. Memic managed to just steal away from a couple of players and then... Took a long-range shot. We tried a few of them ourselves. It was really rainy, really greasy, really difficult pitch. Worth having a go. And credit to Memich, the substitute. He buried it right in the bottom corner. It was a perfect finish. Nothing Rugetnik could do in the Pinsgau goal. But this is where Austria Salzburg impressed me, as opposed to what I've seen Pinsgau manage this season. Is that, that game management was as, as brilliant as it was infuriating. That... It had been a tough game. They'd been going in, for, flying in for tackles all day long. And the moment Austria Salzburg hit the front, they just went into clever game management mode. Hit the ground, dive, just accept any kind of foul play. Not always diving. Sometimes it was just buying the free kick, you know, back into a player, fall down. You will get the free kick for that in this league. But when we thought, you know, Pinskau want to throw everything at this and get back into the game, there was almost no way they could do it because the game as a contest just got crushed into nothing as soon as Austria Salzburg took the lead. And you have to give them credit for that because it, it, that doesn't happen by itself. You know, Pinskau haven't managed to do that yet this season and yet somehow Austria Salzburg did it perfectly and gave no chance really for Pinskau to respond. Yeah, I mean, you and I had a, a quick chat on the phone after the game yesterday and I said to you, I think they're like the Atletico Madrid of the, the Regional Liga Salzburg, the way they manage games, the way they do what it, what it takes to win. 
you know, you were right, they were going down very easily, which was quite in contrast to their approach at the start of the game, where they were thundering into the tackles. A couple of really dirty challenges, in particular on Lucas Schubert from the Austria Salzburg players, a few early bookings. And then, you're right, it was like the flicking of a switch. Once they went in front, they were like, oh, that's it. And they were entirely confident in their ability to, to defend that advantage. I think there was one chance late on for Tandari where Moosman headed him in and other than that they looked relatively comfortable and we didn't really trouble them too much in the latter stages. So yeah, credit to them for their game management um, and a disappointing one for us because you know, once Tamas Tandari put us ahead with that glorious goal um, I think in the, in the 23rd or 24th minute I really had a good feeling about that game. We were playing well and you know, we'd gone a goal up but it wasn't to be um, as, as has been the case many times this season. So we've just got to, to tick it off and move on to the next one. A double game week coming up next week as well. Yeah, talking about Pinskow, of course, going in front in this game. I did feel that this was quite different to some of the games where we've been in front and kind of almost thrown away the lead or, you know, let it slip through our fingers. I don't think it was the same case in this game. You know, it was early on away at Austria Salzburg. In theory, Austria Salzburg are top of the league. You know, they've got a game in hand and they could still go top if they win that game in hand. So... You knew away at their place, in the rain like that, going 1-0 up early on, it was never going to be a case of, can Pinskow see this out? You know, It wasn't that we, we failed to see the game out. There was always a lot more action left to come in the game. But let's just review back to those early phases, because it was a thunderous encounter. Austria Salzburg, obviously, uh, no love at all for FC Pinskow for various reasons. I'm sure we'll discuss that later. But... Um, you know, they, they've whipped up their players into a real frenzy and they, they did come thundering into these challenges. I thought Pinskow dealt with that really, really well. And we've got to give our boys some credit as well because that's a really difficult conditions. You know, this is kind of a derby in a way, these two fan-owned clubs that, that are not the uh, greatest of friends, shall we call it, you know, the, the big rivals in the division. And yeah, the, the lads kept level heads and, and they did really, really well. And, and you just look at the, the, the work rate for that first goal this was a combination of work rate and quality which in a way the way the goal went in makes you realize how little we've done of that this season which is unfortunate because Schubert industrious hard-working slid back you know came all the way back to get the ball off the the Salzburg player as they were breaking a perfect challenge to recover the ball and turn it around for Pinskow had two or three options in front of him so many times this season we haven't capitalized on that he had options to the left options to the right you're thinking is this almost too many options? Is he going to make the wrong decision because because <laughs> you don't know which one to choose? Went for Tandari. I thought in that split second, that's not the right option. You know, leave the leave the pros to to show me who to you know how to do it best. I actually thought that Tandari's option wasn't the right option. I thought they'd picked out Tandari really well, and then he had these two players running in and support on the left. And I thought, pass it, square it, square it across the face of goal. Turns out that he was right, and I was wrong. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, happy that they had the decision making at that moment. But we've seen so many times this season that when those passes across the box have come in, you know, even with players waiting to tap it in, we don't seem to be very good at those. Like, we don't seem to be getting those on target. And the slower we are, the longer we wait, the more chance for the defence to come back and, and get a foot in somewhere. So credit to Tandari, you know, he opened up his body really well and curled it in inside the back post. It was a, a dream of a finish probably one of the best goals we've scored all season maybe the best goal in fact you know Jatta's one <laughs> was a, a brilliant thunderbolt but this was a really good team goal you know as I said epitomized by the hard work of Lucas Schubert and so the guys did so well in that early phase I really felt that they coped coped very well with the challenge of the game and 
it, it didn't slip away in in a moment, did it? It was kind of just something that we didn't manage to hold on to, and and Austria Salzburg perhaps needed a little opening like they got for the penalty. They they didn't really manage to break us down. That's probably one of my, one of my only disappointments really from the game uh, in terms of the performance. I felt Salzburg were given a little route back into the game by the penalty. You know, it was just one nice through ball forwards that got through the defence. Difficult for Rigetnik. He's got to come out and do something there. But the the Austria Salzburg player, um, Sorda, I think it was, Sorda, got there first. And yeah, that, that's my only regret, is that they didn't have to break down the Pinskow defence. We never got, to the, got the chance to really see how well the defence would hold up with the Austria Salzburg challenge because the penalty gave them the lifeline. Yeah, I think... With the 4-4-2 that Austria Salzburg play and with those two players, Sorda and Hordl, they really play like a kind of old-school English team where they play, the two forwards are playing on the defender's shoulders and looking to get in behind with those runs. But it was a perfectly weighted through ball from Kreintz. And, you know, I think Regetnig felt compelled to come out and it's just one of those things. The attacker got to the ball first and, you know, it, it happens from time to time. I don't necessarily think he made a bad call there. The, the guy was just quicker than him. But it was a shame, like you say, to allow them a route back into the game so quickly and one that I don't really feel they had to work too hard to earn. And I think at that point, perhaps not not too strongly, but the, the balance of power sort of shifted a bit. I think they got a bit of their belief back. Pinsgal perhaps felt like, oh, it's happening again. You know, we've been pegged back. And uh, yeah, from then on, I think for the rest of the first half and in particular the early stages of the second half, Austria Salzburg were really on the front foot. Yeah, and there were chances sort of all over the pitch in the first 45. It was this game, as we've said, with thunderous challenges coming in all over the pitch. The midfield battle was a gruelling one. It was a really slippery pitch. Both teams trying to push forward. It was a really entertaining game. You know, 1-1 at half time. I thought Pinskow had held up really well. We were in a good position for the second half, but Austria Salzburg really looked like the home team in the second half, and they did uh, exert some control over the game. The first... 20 or so minutes of the second half really very little happened actually in comparison to the first half I remember on commentary duty I'd sort of promised drama and action in the second half and it did come in the end but it certainly didn't come at the start of the second half really Um, but then the game hinged presumably you'd have to say with Memich's goal you know they they hit the front and Pinscout had chances Jatta had a couple of long range efforts there was the free kick that was floated over towards Ziga a little bit later on in the game for Pinscout and then after they were behind, you know, it was just kind of throwing it forward and seeing what we could do. But it was a moment of quality from Austria Salzburg that decided the game. And although Austria Salzburg were probably the better side marginally and, and they had played, like I said, like the home team, they'd controlled the game probably a little bit more than Pinsgau. That's to be expected against the top side like Austria Salzburg, you know, favourites for the title now. And uh, I think it's unfortunate that we weren't able to come away with a point because I don't think it would have been really... Uh, undeserved had we had we grabbed a point in this one yeah I entirely agree with you I think a point would have probably been deserved but then equally you probably can't dispute that a narrow win for Austria Salzburg was a fair result as well I'd like to perhaps move on to some of the post-match events because I really have some quite strong feelings about them so just to provide a little bit of context I think there have been some very very loosely worded ambitions that the long-term goal for Pinsgau is to, to you know in an ideal world move up through the divisions and maybe even one day as a dream play European football not as a fixed goal but you know it's it's you know something 
something to aim for and why not? I think that a lot of the other clubs in the regional league have really latched onto this and sort of are laughing about the fact that Pinsgau want to play European football. But Austria Salzburg won, went one classless step further, in my opinion, yesterday by playing the Champions League theme tune directly after they'd won. And I'd just like to say that obviously I'm looking at this through my blue and white lenses as a, as a Pinsgau fan owner. But I have to say I thought that that was a bit of a low blow from a, a team that I've always regarded as, as quite a you know classy and traditional outfit. I thought that there was that was entirely unnecessary. And, uh, yeah, made me lose quite a lot of respect for them, to be honest. I, th I thought, you know, enjoy your win, well-deserved, well done, but th there's not really any need for that. It's how you behave in your moments of victory that kind of define your character, really, isn't it? And that is, uh, yeah, a low blow, as you called it. You know, it was, it was a classless move, really, from Austria Salzburg. Not just that, but the way they've handled these whole games this season, everything to do with Pinskow, they haven't exactly... Uh, covered themselves in, in glory in that front in my eyes also again as a as a biased blue and white tinted spectacled fan owner of FC Pinsgau yeah I mean there was also an incident uh, after the reverse fixture which they won 2-0 at our place where they uploaded their usual highlights video and did the first 30 seconds all in English and then said but you know we're going to switch to German now because we're doing this for our local fans and not just for any any old fans in the USA which was kind of a a swipe at you know the fact that Pinsgau have all of these amazing fan owners around the world now and they were you know really taking a swipe at that and you know I think taking the taking the mic a little bit out of that and I just feel like I don't really understand what their problem is you know they are a, a club that's owned by their fans it's a Phoenix club set up after Red Bull Salzburg brought out the old uh, bought out the old Austria Salzburg and uh, you know this is the Pinsgau model is not some big corporate entity it's owned by fans they've all got shares they're all profiting from the club emotionally and financially so I just feel that it's I don't really understand what their motivations are here I think therein lies the thing you know it's the ex-Red Bull thing that that that's left the Austria Salzburg fans very bitter and they don't really want to understand Pinskau they haven't made any effort to actually look at what Pinskau is all about and what it really means or the people who are involved with it you know that's just not something that's really on their wavelength. They've latched onto something. We've made a rod for our own backs a little bit by talking about Champions League. I think the one comment that annoys me the most is that I see people all the time saying, oh, why won't Pinskow shut up about the Champions League? And it's like nobody at Pinskow is talking about Champions League except for one time that it was once mentioned. And it's actually Austria Salzburg who can't shut up about the Champions League. So that's probably the, the hypocrisy that annoys me the most about it. But it's not reflective of everybody in the league and it's not reflective of everybody in Austrian football at all. It seems to be a very specifically Austria Salzburg thing in general and you know they represent a local population only and they don't want to understand why anybody might be interested in Austrian football and I mean most of the listeners to this know that we as the presenters of the other Bundesliga podcast have come in from an English mindset to look at Austrian football and try and spread the word about Austrian football outside of Austria and we've been met in North America, in the rest of Europe, in a lot of places with great enthusiasm. And people are thinking, that, what a great idea, you know, to sort of tell the story about this league that people don't know so much about. And we've been, you know, doors have opened for us and a lot of great things have happened to us from covering Austrian football in English. But within the Austrian world of football, it's been a real mixed bag. You know, you get half, half the people here who are interested in the internationalization and, and the, the sort of broadening of horizons in Austrian football. And they think, hey, that's brilliant. You know, people, there's news from our league going out to North America. There's news from our league going out to England. And if our young players do well, maybe, you know, people can hear about them. It gives them a chance to, to just get the news spread about them in other, in other parts of the world. And then the other half of Austrian football 
just don't get it at all and they just are not interested in the slightest and they think no we wish you'd stop doing that like don't talk about Austrian football in English because Austrian football fans think it's their game you know to some extent a, a, a percentage of them think that it's their game and we're definitely seeing that with Austria Salzburg and of course you know they've got this the awkward history with with Red Bull and they like to feel as a club that they're not a business I hate to break it to them they absolutely are a business and it's a business that's been up and down over the years as they should know more than anybody but they like to think that they're only about sports and not about business and you know it's kind of a, a sore point for them it's a bit of a, a bone of contention that they imagine that Pinskow is coming in with you know they think every fan owner is like a multi-million dollar investor which I, if they've looked at our team sheet I think they should realize that we don't have multiple million dollar investors you know like no offense to the guys who are playing but you would imagine that some other signings might have been made had we got an influx of cash of like 20 million or 50 million or something, you know, and Austria Salzburg are kind of behaving like that. Yeah, and I mean, Austria Salzburg, I feel like they are really out on their own in this sense, because if you look at across the league, there was that uh, Facebook post from Bischofshofen after we, we drew against them 2-2, and they were saying, you know, a fan of ours in the USA was able to watch his team for the first time in years because we had a stream and he was able to tune in and see his local team in Austria for the first time in many, many years. And what a nice thing that was. So, you know, we do need to point out that while, you know, we don't expect everybody to absolutely love the Pinscar project, there are some teams out there that are seeing some nice things about it. And, you know, they are nice things getting to watch your team if you're on the other side of the world. So I just don't really understand why there is this extra layer of, of bitterness from Austria Salzburg. And, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like perhaps we at Pinsgau and, and they at Austria Salzburg are probably never going to see this from a similar angle. But at the same time, it still baffles me and I don't think it will stop baffling me. Bit of frustration after the game, you know, it, it makes it even more annoying to lose a game like that. You know, when we've given a good display and we've come out the losers again against Austria Salzburg, they're, they're reveling in it, unfortunately. Um, but it does leave Pinsgau unfortunately as well in a bit of a mire in mid-table Austria Salzburg with 19 points say Kirchen won as well they're on 19 points Kuchel are on 19 points so that's three teams up at the top they're all six points ahead of FC Pinskau Lukas Schubert alluded to it at the end of the game there's still hope there's still games left there's three games coming up in in you know just in the next few days really for Pinskau so there is still a possibility of something but you know, time is running out and, and just to be realistic about it, you did a great interview with some fan owners last week, Lee, and there's a mixture of, of uh, hope and realism in there. And I feel like the realism element is starting to dawn that Pinscow are probably not going to reach the top two this season. But there's still a lot left to play for. You know, I'm talking about this league table and it is still so close in there. We may have slipped off the pace of the of the top three teams, but we're still only six points behind them. And if the results continue to be as unpredictable as they are elsewhere, then it's still just about the door is, is not closed yet. It's still just about open. But as we've said a few times on this podcast, we have to just concentrate on ourselves first. And again, to go back to what Lucas Schubert talked about after the game yesterday, we haven't managed to win two games in a row all season. And you can't expect to get promoted when you haven't won two in a row. You know, you, you've got to put a good run together and time is running out to do that for FC Pinsgau. It is. But then if you look across some of the other teams in the German-speaking world that have had very fast ascents to their respective top flights... Hoffenheim got a lot of promotions, but over a period of 20 years. And, you know, I'm not saying it's going to take that long, but they weren't getting promoted every single year. You know, you look at Leipzig as well. Um, they had seasons where they did not get promoted. And, you know, perhaps it might not work at the very first time. But I'm glad that those fan owners I spoke to really did seem to be approaching it with a sense of realism and awareness that this is 
a long-term project and an acceptance that it may not work at the first try that's just going to make it all the more sweeter when it does eventually work yeah I think last year has just been the the sort of difficult thing to to stomach really you know looking at how well the squad were doing last year and we have lost some key players since then of course that makes a big difference in the side and we just haven't managed to quite have the same quality and again something I mentioned in commentary yesterday going into the game yesterday we're coming up against Austria Salzburg. Their top scorer, Marco Hudel, had eight goals in eight games. He now has nine goals in nine games. You know, that's a phenomenal record. And to propel you to a league title or to the top end of a table, you need somebody who can do that. And at the moment at Pinscout, I think we've got players who can do that, but it just hasn't happened this season for whatever reason. And you look at it and, you know, going into the game yesterday, our centre-back, Jatta, was top scorer with three goals. That's not the sign of a team who, uh, who are sort of flourishing and... To be positive about it, I still feel like the level of performances have been very good. And yesterday was definitely evidence of that. You know, we could have, with a bit of luck, we could have ended up getting three points out of the game. With not too much luck indeed, we could have got at least a point from the game. Unfortunately, losing it is a blow because it lets Austria Salzburg get away as well. You know, I said on commentary too that I think nicking a point and just keeping it a point apiece is almost more important than you know than us throwing everything at the wind because if we can get the point it stops them getting three points as well and it just keeps everything closer together so it's just not quite going our way at the moment is it it's not but you know we need to we need to keep going and you know this happens in 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 sports sometimes you, you don't just get everything going your way at the moment things aren't going our way but there's no reason why why that can't turn around if it doesn't work this time it may work next season we may strengthen in terms of personnel, there's nothing, no reason why we wouldn't end up finishing in the top two next year after after bringing in some new faces if if some problem areas are identified. So, yeah, I want to I want to keep it positive as as we always try to, and maybe turn our attentions to the the juniors and the women's team. A bit more positivity when we talk about the juniors. The women's team are playing later today, as Lee alluded to earlier. We're recording on Sunday, so they're kicking off very very soon. We wish them all the best for their game they're going pretty well in the league at the moment and the junior team they were also behind late on in their game and they managed to grab a late equaliser I think 85th minute they grabbed that equaliser so they're still up near the top of the uh, the league for the, the B teams so yeah it was positive they grabbed a draw away at St. Johan um, our previous opponents for the senior team too so slightly more positivity there should we look ahead to the rest of the games that Pinsgau have got coming up because the Valsgrew now won I won't be able to commentate on that, unfortunately, because it was a rearranged fixture uh, because of uh, the COVID cancellations last weekend. So it was a real shame, you know, it felt like it had been ages. Actually, somebody talked about this on the match stream on Facebook Live. It feels like it's been absolutely ages since there was the last Pinscow game because they've been coming so thick and fast. And then we had the COVID break and then it was a full week anyway till the next game. So it was a real shame that we started with technical problems. So a massive apology from, from everyone at the club for that to all the fan owners who were looking forward to tuning into the game. I know we had a lot of problems with, with the quality of the stream in the first half as well. Uh, they were not problems on our end. I can only defend us, ourselves on, on that note. It was a problem with the TV production company, uh, but it's definitely something we'll be looking into more and more because that was probably the worst uh, we've had it with the streams, unfortunately. And hopefully, I think it got back in time for everybody to witness Tandari's excellent goal at least but yeah that was a that was a big blow and I wondered you know I did mention it to Christian Seeger at the end I wondered if we had played Valsgrenau before it's by no means would we have been guaranteed a win against Valsgrenau no way I'm not arrogant enough to think that for one minute but it would have given us a chance 
you know, they're not a top team in the way that Austria Salzburg are a top team. And maybe it would have given us a chance to get that monkey off our back a little bit, get two wins in a row under the belt and then go into the Austria Salzburg game with a bit more momentum. And perhaps even then, had we lost 2-1 in exactly the same way that we did yesterday, we'd be able to frame it all a bit differently then because we'd have the two wins, we'd have a few points more. Austria Salzburg would only be three points ahead, you know, if we had beaten Valskernau before this game, just being theoretical and, and hypothetical here. But the fixture list didn't do us any favours with that cancellation. And now, you know, coming straight off the back of a really gruelling game like that, it's going to be an even harder test to go against Valsgrunau. Actually, it should have been in sort of normal time. We would have had a rest period before that game. We would have gone in as, as the favourites maybe against Valsgrunau and, and had a chance to get some more points on the board. Yeah, we could talk about that hypothetically. We could also, I suppose, level some, some further criticisms at the match officials who've been in charge of our, our teams this season, who I felt were very, very quick to give any free kick any time an Austria-Salzburg player hit the turf yesterday. But it is what it is. And I think now we've got two two games against the two bottom teams in the league or two of the bottom teams, Valsgrunau and Grudig coming up. And I know Grudig have been on a bit of a, you know, a bounce back recently. They've done relatively well, but there is a good chance there that we could get our first six points of the first, you know, back-to-back -back wins of the season and, and six points. So we need to look ahead to those. Now afterwards, there's going to be a very, very tricky tie against Sikirchen, who are, you know, as you mentioned, Tom, right up, the, right up at the top right now. But we've just got to focus on those games. We can't change what's happened. Yesterday was disappointing. But to be honest, if I'd seen a performance like the one in the reverse fixture yesterday, I would be feeling a lot more disappointed and a lot more negative than I am right now because I thought there were a lot of there was a lot of good stuff yesterday. Yeah, an important point to finish on, I think, there. You know, Austria Salzburg, credit to them. They came out and they won that game. Pinskau didn't throw it away by any means. It was a good effort from our lads against a really tough team, a really top team. You know, as we said in the first fixture as well, this is the core of the SRK team that dominated the league last year. Basically, a, a huge proportion of their key players now play for Austria Salzburg. And there's some brilliant players in there as well of their own right, you know, that they had before and that they've signed from other teams. So a top team we were up against and we fell just short Anything else to add before we leave? Should we have a look at the rest of Austrian football a little bit? Because there were some interesting European qualifiers, weren't there, for some of the teams in the Bundesliga? Yeah, why don't we quickly give a rundown, starting with the, the Champions League qualifiers, and it was Red Bull Salzburg who were away against Maccabi Tel Aviv. Lots of controversy because Israel is currently in a, I think it's a nationwide lockdown because of the coronavirus. So there was a lot of controversy about whether Salzburg should go, whether the match should be played there or at a neutral venue. In the end, it was the best possible scenario because Salzburg went, and although they went a goal down early on, they turned it round in the, the second half. Soboslay and, and um, Masaya Okagawa, or Neymar Love, as his Twitter handle goes, uh, scoring the goals early in the second half. And Salzburg came back and have since had all of their players test twice negatively for the coronavirus. So the best possible outcome there. And they're in a very strong position ahead of the, the return fixture this Tuesday. Yeah, and it's 12th time of asking for Salzburg to qualify for the Champions League through the playoff round. And they've fallen at the third qualifying or playoff round so, so, so many times before that they surely won't be entirely confident of this. You know, credit has to go to Maccabi Tel Aviv for keeping themselves in this tie because not only was there all this chaos before the game, difficult for Salzburg and difficult for Maccabi Tel Aviv, but Tel Aviv had, I think, eight first-team players out with Corona. So to go 1-0 up 
under those circumstances with a really uh, radically changed side against Salzburg, who were the hot favourites in this game. That was a really good effort from Tel Aviv. And 2-1 Salzburg, you know, they showed great character to turn it around. But that game is not won yet. And uh, Salzburg, I think, will have a few nerves going into the return leg, given the history of defeats and famous slip-ups that they've managed at that stage. They've kind of contrived to throw away great positions in these ties before, and they will be absolutely desperate for that not to happen. So hopefully they uh, they will not let the nerves get the best of them this week and they will get back into the Champions League because for Austrian football it's really important to have Salzburg playing Champions League football definitely puts Austrian football on the map and gives it a different platform to shine there was so much more exposure last year due to them being in that group with Liverpool and Napoli um, so yeah we wish them the very best early this week and I know you had a little European adventure didn't you on Thursday uh, Lask against uh, let me see if I can pronounce this from listening to your your uh, Twitter videos at Dunajska Streda of Slovakia. Yeah, I believe that's right. Dunajska Streda, the team bankrolled by Viktor Orban's Hungarian government, which is very strange because it's a Slovakian team. Um, but yeah, I was thinking they were going to be pretty good. They've looked really good in the qualifiers and they were playing against Lask of Linz, so Austria's third largest city. I headed down there on the train for that game on Thursday night and Lask ended up steamrolling it with a 7-0 win. It was quite a phenomenal performance from them. Another really good showing from Lask. You know, they've been a real credit to Austrian football in Europe over recent seasons and uh, that was just yet one more step that evidences why, you know, they're a great they're a great ambassador for Austrian football in Europe and uh, they really outweighed my expectations there that was absolutely a brilliant performance you know goals after <laughs> goals they, I was trying to do a live ticker on Twitter and it was really difficult because they kept scoring in the second half they got four goals in the first 10 minutes plus a red card for a Dunajska Strada player who'd kind of lost his head that they were getting beaten so badly but uh, a really really impressive effort from Lask so if you get a chance to watch highlights of that one it was an absolute goal fest um, at the empty Linzerstadion that was very cool and elsewhere, Hartburgly. I know you watched Hartburg before. Their, their first ever European game. They're my aspiration, I think I talked last time. They're my aspiration for Pinskau, that we would get to that level where we can, you know, just sneak into a European qualifying place from the Bundesliga. And, you know, it's, it's a historic moment for the club. They got to play their first ever qualifier against Piast Gliwice of Poland. Yeah, and I think they'll be mightily piassed off after that game because they lost 3-2 despite coming back into the game twice. I think a winning goal, seven minutes from time. Um, to, to, to put them through and that's just a one-legged game due to the, the coronavirus regulations meaning that what is usually a, a two-legged tie is now one leg so Hartberg are out but I think they did themselves proud just to get there in the first place and you know just to have have that European adventure it didn't go as far as they wanted it to but you know perhaps that's a good thing considering the size of their squad and the fact that they'll be hoping to sort of maintain their level in the Bundesliga from last season so yeah hats off to them just not quite good enough yet. Yeah, so we've got Salzburg still in the Champions League playoff round, looking to complete that final hurdle and get themselves into the Champions League group stages. In terms of Europa League, we've got Rapid Vienna in the group stages. We've got Wolfsburg in the group stages as well. And Lask still gunning for that final place in the group stages. They are playing against Sporting Club de Portugal or Sporting Lisbon, as they're commonly known in English, which pisses off everybody in Portugal when you say that. But uh, Sporting Lisbon are their opponents, so Lask have got to travel to Portugal, a place they know well after going there last year in the group stages too. So good luck to them for that. That's our little European football roundup done from the Austrian perspective. So we look forward to having you with us on the stream for Valsgrunau on Tuesday. Uh, really sorry that I can't be there for that one because it was a late rearranged fixture. I can't make it in the commentary box. Will will be there once more. Let's just look ahead to that one for now and hope 
that we can get three points against Falsgren now. So, yeah, thanks very much for listening. We'll be back with more fan-owned podcasts in the very near future as well. This has been the FCPS show. It's recorded, produced and edited in Vienna, Austria for FC Pinskau Saalfelden. And if you're interested to find out more about Europe's unique fan-owned club model, then why don't you head on over to wefunder.com forward slash fan.owned.club and find out everything that you need to know about this incredible opportunity to become a part owner of a European soccer club.